Hello and welcome to the Joshua Nima Show where you get a shot of truth with your coffee. Now this show used to be a, r a radio show based here in Riverside, California, but the station subsequently closed down and now I'm very glad to announce that we're coming back. We are a podcast, so wherever you get your podcast from, from Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast, you'll be able to get this show and you're not going to want to miss it. We deal with mainly current events what's going on, politics, and we delve into the issues. And this isn't a Democrat show or a Republican show. We really go issue by issue, and we look at it, and we take it apart. So we're not cheerleading for any one side. Um, all we're looking for is, as they said in the X-Files, the truth is out there. And that's all we're looking for is the truth. And so um, and we want you to look at these issues that we bring to you and you don't have to agree with us every time. All we're trying to do is bring the issues to you, have a full and open discussion with our guests so that you are a little more informed on what you believe and what you're thinking about. So I'm glad that you tuned in here for the first episode. I'm very excited. And there's going to be many guests we have lined up from elected officials here on the state level, on the national level. We have a presidential candidate coming on. We have a lot of exciting things coming. You're not going to want to miss it. But with that, I'm very excited. We have with us Andy Melindres, who's running for mayor here in Riverside. And so with that, let's jump into that interview, and I'll talk to you afterwards. Now we are very pleased to have with us City Council Member Andy Melindres. He's been in City Council for 14 years. He represents Ward 2. Andy, welcome to the program. Glad to be here, Josh. It's been a while, but I'm glad to be here. It has been a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, many moons. But let me ask you, for those who aren't familiar with you, can you tell uh -huh. us a little bit about yourself and why you're running for mayor? Okay, well, great. Thank you so much. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, this is an exciting time for me. You know, it's an exciting time in Riverside, but it's also a very, very challenging time at the same at the same time. You know, my family's been here since 1910. I they settled in the Casablanca area. I was born in Casablanca, attended Casablanca Elementary School, and then graduated from from Poly High School. After that, I went to RCC, Riverside City College, went on to UCR. I was one of those kids that, that had to work. And at that time, UCR was only 3,000 students. Um, they only offered classes during the day. So I had to leave. And and uh, finished off my bachelor's degree at Cal State San Bernardino. So I am a coyote up in San Bernardino, Cal State San Bernardino. And then finished off my master's degree at Cal State as well. My bachelor's degree is in sociology and my master's degree is in uh, educational con counseling, academic counseling. Um, the, uh, had, I've, uh, had, I'm 30, I've been uh, self-employed now 38 years. Could you believe it? It just seems like it's flown right by 38 years. Uh, we had up to three full-time offices. I had up to 20 employees uh, working with uh, industrially injured workers, people that were injured on the job, had lost their job as a result of the work injury, and needed uh, guidance to get into new kind of fields. So we would send them to 
training programs, and then we helped them with job placement afterwards. And had uh, my company, I had two offices here in Riverside County and two offices in San Bernardino County. Of course, that's changed throughout the years, depending on the location and where the need was. But we, we generally had about four offices on on the average. Uh, the uh, Prior to that, I worked for the state of California, Department of Vocational Rehabilitation, working with individuals with a variety of disabilities, amputees, quadriplegic, paraplegic, head trauma, blindness, uh, severe um, diabetes that caused the blindness, um, um, multiple sclerosis, uh, multiple, you know, just a variety of other disabilities. Some were disabilities from birth. Others were disabilities that occurred from accidents or just some unfortunate situations. So we would do the same thing there. We would help them get to, to work and, and do something else. And, and in 2004, individuals came to me, 2005 actually, came to me and said, we want you to run for city council. And I said, you got to be kidding me. Not me. I, I don't think I'm very good at this. I wouldn't even think about running for city council. Um, six months later, there I am. I'm throwing in my hat to be a city council member. I remember having two feelings. One, I'm very competitive, so I was really afraid of losing, but was even more afraid of winning <laughs> because the responsibility would be so much bigger. Right. So we ended up winning, and uh, you know it was an exciting time. And since that time, I've represented Ward Ward Two, and it's been exciting these past. It's almost 15 years. In February, it'll be 15 years um, as a city council member. I've run four terms, and uh, I am currently in my fourth term. So that's that's a little bit about me. Um, love Riverside. Have lived in Riverside, not thinking of moving at all. This is where I'm going to um, retire here and enjoy. Um, grandkids and and uh, rest of my family well there's so much just there in that opening um a lifelong riversider and i think it's so important especially right now with healthcare being such a big issue that you've had you know your whole career has been spent helping these people and coming up with solutions let me ask you go ahead i'm sorry huh. no no i was going to say you know when when you work with people with disabilities or injuries you become very aware of your own health Right. And, um, you know, it's very, very aware. So I, I've always, um, you know, <laughs> just been very careful about what I do, what I eat and how much you eat. And, you know, just want to be very, very aware. Right. You have to know. Encounter encounter blessings. Yeah. Encounter blessings. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Now, you've been in Ward 2, which covers a lot of downtown Riverside, um, University Avenue. Can you tell us about how it's what when you got there? and where it is now and how it's really improved. Yeah, you know, it, it, as you indicated, it, it covers uh, part of downtown. It really is around the Metrolink station, Sevilla's, the, um, the uh, oh gosh, the Spaghetti Factory, mm-hmm. all that area. It covers up to about the, the freeway there. Then it goes in to the east side and then Canyon Crest and um, University neighborhood. You know, there have been a lot, a lot of changes. Um, the most obvious has been University Avenue. And the issues that we had on University Avenue when I first started, you had the bad hotels and the bad liquor stores mm-hmm. and the poorly managed nightclubs. Really problematic. Uh, we Over at UCR, uh, behind uh, UCR, we had the university neighborhood. We had really out of control party houses out there. Parties were big and uh, really interrupting the lives of the families who live there. And then also uh, part another part of the east side, we really had some real runaway parolee homes 
that were completely unmanaged that we needed needed to address. But at the same time, the east side never felt connected to City Hall. Right. They felt isolated. Uh, so that we needed to, to reconnect and making sure that that they were part of the city, that they felt that they were part of the city and that their voices were being heard. So it's a bunch of the work that we did, uh, you know, I went out and started, uh, first of all, 12 neighborhood groups in the east side, trying to collect as much data. My background is sociology. So you're out there collecting as much data from the um, from the from the residents wanting to know what they want to see, how they wanted to start this change. Again, when you go in talking about change, they're hesitant. They're not sure it's really going to happen. They don't see it happening. Other people have tried it. There's no way that this is going to happen. But we assured them that we would be making these changes. And as a result, we did knock down those bad liquor stores and knock down those bad hotels and also closed up those those badly managed nightclubs. Uh, And that was just strictly through interaction. Improved the quality of life in areas like the Loma Vista and Luella, which were very problematic when I when I began around uh, Patterson Park, and it was all community engagement. Obviously, you don't do anything yourself. You go in there and you speak to the speak to the uh, residents and find the resources or find the nonprofits or find the other agencies that are going to work with you and the city departments to address the issues. So we were able to make huge changes to Patterson Park, and if you go there now. You see a wonderful mural that's on the wall there that's actually the old bathrooms that were pretty in pretty bad shape. A community has painted murals there, painted the trash cans. We renovated the park through some redevelopment monies and are looking for more improvements there. Did the same thing with Lincoln Park. Also, uh, 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 Cesar Chavez Community Center and the Bobby Bond Fort Complex uh, made a lot of improvements there. Sippy Woodhead Pool, the gymnasium, a variety of things that had gone really un, untouched for a while. And and not only do you knock down the bad hotels, the bad liquor stores, but you also have to give the community more. And that's when we founded the Riverside Arts Academy. I, I founded that. It took me six years to start it, but we got it started. And we have a wonderful group led by a community group led by Colette Lee, who does an exceptional job in helping and, and growing the school in partnership with the with our park and rec department uh, and uh, many of the board members i'm still actively involved with that as well and then we started a youth opportunity center we're the only ones in the city they have a youth opportunity center working with at-risk youth at-risk youth and they uh, need need the assistance they need a guidance they need the the support that they may not get at home uh, we also worked with um, expanding the centro de niños provided supplemental funding to make sure that that Centro de Niños, that child care center, expanded and provided better facilities for their children to learn. So we expanded from about 35, I think it's 40 children, up to over 70, 78 children. It might, I may be a little low on those numbers, but um, I think they're a little bit higher than that. But we made a better facility for them and moved it to Boardwell Park in addition to improving the senior center there. So a lot of work that we've done over the past 14 years, I could go on and on. <laughs> Um, talk about all the great things our community members have done and been involved in our city departments and our many of our nonprofits that have worked together. And that's what I've worked on, just bringing the community together, really focused on improving the quality of life and, there in not only the east side, but also university neighborhoods in Sycamore Canyon and, and uh, Canyon Crest. Exactly. And I think it's so important. I want to circle back to uh, the Riverside Arts Academy. 
But I think it's so important, the idea of you could look at a track record and so many people run for office and they'll say, oh, I want to get elected so I could do this or that. But when you could look back and see a track record and anybody who's familiar with Riverside in this area can see the improvement that has happened inside your ward and see the big changes. And I think that's so important. And that's exactly what we need, partnerships with the city and with the community to improve lives. And the Riverside Arts Academy is such a great organization and it really changes kids' lives. And it's a big passion of mine helping youth. And so that's so gigantic. It, it is. It's, it's, it's so important. You know, when you think about the East Side community, uh, 14 years ago, the last place you would have sent your child to learn violin would be at Bobby Bond, yeah. Chester Travis Community Center, or learn ballet, or learn the cello, or learn a wind instrument. But now it's one of the first places you think about, especially if you're looking for high-quality instruction, because mm-hmm. all our instructions, all our instructors are degreed. They right. have a bachelor's degree or a master's degree. And our conductors, Dr. Moon and Dr. Postgate and Dr. Wheeler, they're all PhDs in music. Wow. Uh, those are our instructors. Those are our leaders. Those are the individuals that have a real commitment to helping the community and teaching. They're, they take music serious. And these children really, really develop under their under their leadership. And we, we developed, prior to COVID, we developed the first youth orchestra in the city of Riverside, which consisted of about 80% of our children coming from low-income families. And they were excellent. So we're, we can't wait for us to readjust to this COVID so that they can uh, start working together again and, and uh, show off the talent exactly. that we've been able to grow through this. Exactly. And that's so amazing. And I could tell you that I've gone and seen performances by the Riverside Art Academy, and it's just, it'll blow your socks off. But yeah. <laughs> great. Let me ask yeah. you um, an issue that comes up all the time, and I hear from the listeners it's homelessness, and it seems yeah. to be growing across the whole state. It's yeah. not just a Riverside issue, but it is a big issue here in the city. What can we really mm-hmm. do about it? Well, you know, when you, when you look back just three or four years, to me, I, I tend to call it a tsunami mm-hmm. of homeless. We just had a huge influx of homeless and it really really just came to us so quickly and we had to try to readjust to the to the to the need and it took a lot of a lot of work um we had uh, housing and uh, affordable housing is also something that uh, we needed to work on you know our 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 facility uh they just didn't have enough money their homeless shelter just did not have enough money so we needed to work to provide additional funds for that but, you know, when you look at the homeless population, you know, most of the individuals that are here are, weren't born here. But some of them were, but not, not a lot of them. And these are the chronically homeless we're speaking of, right. not the, you know, the, the people, people have lost their jobs and have become homeless. Obviously, those are the ones that maybe you never see. Right. And if you do, you see them for a little bit and they're able to connect with their families or they're able to get into, into, in, into housing or temporary housing. But it's the chronically homeless that have been the biggest challenge for us. And some of the things that, that I believe um, that have caused the increase is that because we, we have really said, you know, we, we help the homeless and we try to provide all the services that other cities surrounding areas have said, oh, go to Riverside. You know, we, we you know, they can help you there. Right. Or, you know, or they're directed or they're dropped off or, they're you know, they get here some way. And, and we have to change that. Uh, and not that you know, we're not willing to help because we are willing to help. But we're overcrowded. We're not able to provide the services, and we're not able to afford those services for everybody. So I think we need to address this 
on a regional basis. We need to reach out to surrounding cities because they have homeless in their areas, and it's a matter of trying to get those cities to treat their homeless in their area. Uh, there, I know that there are good uh, nature churches out there that are willing to help. We, we know that um, some of their council members and also staff members are always seeking um, individual, uh, you know, seeking, uh, um, finding ways of trying to help. And we need to re- really reinforce that, show them maybe how to apply for their own grants, uh, provide the support they need and the guidance they need so that they can provide homeless uh, services in their, in their community rather than bringing them here. I think if we were able to work on this with all surrounding cities in the region, which would be anywhere from Temecula, Marietta, Lake Elsinore, um, uh, you know, to Hemet, uh, Paris, and Corona, and all those other areas, think of work at this on a regional basis. I believe that we're going to be able to to reduce the the homeless population here in the city of Riverside, and also include those joint powers, the joint powers like the Western Riverside City of Governments. Um, the Marsh Joint Powers Authority and several other of the Santa Ana watershed, uh, you know, all, all them and involve them in in a cohesive plan to address the homeless on a on a regional basis. So I, I think that's the way we're gonna we're gonna do it. Um, it's just too big of a problem for us here in the city of Riverside to work in a silo. We need to reach out to our neighbors, our good good neighbors in the surrounding cities and, and work together on this. Exactly, because it is such a giant problem. And I'm very happy to hear that you really have thought about this. This isn't just shoot from the hip, but it's something where we do have to have partnerships and come at it from many different angles. So that's really good. But you brought up grants. And let me ask you, can you talk to us a bit about this $31.2 million grant that you helped bring into the city? How much time do I have? Because that, I am so happy about this. I mean, it's taken us three years. Three. I think I'm the only person that has been on this the whole three years trying to get this grant. We did our first grant in 2017 and uh, 2018, 2017, and didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And it's a tr- strategic growth grant. The idea here is really to try to reduce what they call the carbon uh, footprint of low-income communities. And the the way you do that is you create um, housing, connectivity for housing to public transportation. You provide safer, with more lighting, more safer walking, uh, bike riding uh, uh, environments. You also provide energy efficiencies and water efficiency. There's a variety of other things. And we felt that we had the the perfect place to have that done. And we, we approached it the first time uh, utilizing everything around Patterson Park, and we didn't quite get it, although we had hoped to. The second time, we we approached it utilizing the arts that we had developed, the arts and music up along University Avenue and Park Avenue, and in alleyway improvements that we did, and uh, we didn't quite get it. This last time, we really took a comprehensive look and went from all the way from the Metrolink station all the way up to to um, Chicago and University and connected it with one of our affordable housing projects that was still in need of funds, Wakeland Project on the corner of 7th Street in Chicago, incorporated the the park there, Bob, uh, Patterson Park, uh, utilized University Avenue all the way down to Park Avenue and our cultural center. We haven't talked about this, but we're developing a cultural arts center on Park Avenue between 14th Street and University Avenue and, uh, you know, have money invested there and then 
all the way down to the Metrolink station. So it was really a comprehensive view of how we're going to connect individuals in these low-income communities with public transportation, encourage biking, encourage more walking, improving lighting, creating a healthier environment by planting additional trees, working with water efficiencies, and also doing the um, energy efficiencies as well. We put the entire plan together. The interview with the Strategic Growth Council was about a six-hour interview. And uh, we, we um, coordinated it very well. Uh, the efforts that were made by each individual department, I was one of the moderators on this and, and made the presentation before each department gave their, their presentation and filled in anything that needed to be filled in. And uh, that strategic growth meeting was, was very long, but we all felt really good about it. And then we got notice, I think it was in April, that the $28 million that we had asked for was um, actually, they said, well, you know, we don't going to give you $28 million. We're going to give you $31.2 million wow. because we love your plan so much. So it was a, a they, what they did is they put together money with a affordable housing, um, uh, excuse me, um, of the um, AHSC, which is the affordable housing. Oh, my goodness. Um, I can't remember what the last two letters stand for of the of the acronym, but they they gave us money out of that, and then also out of the out of the um, the uh, the strategic the strategic growth um, um, uh, grant and uh, coupled them together and came out with one grant of thirty one point two million dollars, which is the largest grant the city of Riverside has ever received. So we're very very proud of that. The the community was such a big part of this. These are community members, residents. They were just ecstatic. Uh, our, all our departments, which are our city departments and our, uh, our associated agencies like our RTA, the Community Settlement House, Riverside um, Health Foundation, and then many of our nonprofits who, who also helped um, the tree people who are going to help us uh, put trees together and several of the others that are involved you know, on a nonprofit the um, basis um, working with us very closely to make sure that this was achieved. And it, it was almost a whole year process in putting this, this grant together. So it, it's exciting. And it's so great because it's something that will really help our city. And it's something that was desperately needed and that you led the charge on that and helped that bring it home to us is so important. You, you know, the University Avenue Corridor is going to be so exciting. Uh, you know, and we've had some challenges. You know, we went through redevelopment. All those bad hotels, liquor stores, and nightclubs were, were closed down or torn down. And then just as we were ready to build, then we got into a legal fight with the state of California when they took away redevelopment. So we couldn't sell the properties for three three uh, or four years. And once we got over this, then we started moving on this. We got some affordable housing uh, money. Uh, started took a little while to get the properties on. And then we, we ran into a little bit of problem with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> And a few other things. So now we're overcoming that. And, uh, you know, we we have some some really uh, pot good potential development on University on University Avenue. It's, it's really an exciting time. You aren't going to recognize University Avenue in five years. And uh, we'll have our cultural center going, our arts cultural center on Park Avenue. We're completely transforming that that avenue with um, art and um, just a lot of innovative ideas that our artists have and it's exciting to watch them work you just put people together and believe me 
when you put the right people together and talk, uh, they'll come up with some just amazing ideas. So we're we're excited about our direction. That's that's just so amazing, and I think it's great. And I'm looking forward to what's going to happen. I already see the big difference that's happened in Riverside, especially in your ward, and to think of what's coming next. It's amazing. But let me ask you: yeah. We've talked about. Um, who you are and your background. We've talked about youth and what you've done there with the Riverside Arts Academy. And we've talked about the budget. We've dealt with homelessness. What's, what's an issue here in the closing time we have? What do you, what's your message to the people? Well, you know, first of all, you mentioned budget. We haven't really, really talked about budget, but we're good. We have a balanced budget. We have a 20% reserve, which is really recommended as about 15%, but we like a 20% reserve. We've got a good reserve here in the city of Riverside. We're able to meet our obligations. Um, you know, pension obligation, we were able to resolve that. Uh, we are going to be paying on that. Um, the we've, the pension obligation was is not a new thing. We, they did one before I came on, I think probably about 2003 or so. So we've got a balanced budget here. Uh, the, um, the changes that were made to the CalPERS, um, a couple of years ago by the state of California, by increasing the retirement age, by increasing the amount of contribution made by employees, and then also uh, capping you know, the, the maximum amount that individuals can receive uh, on benefits uh, we're real, are going to be really helpful. They, they believe it's going to be about 10, 12 years before the benefits kick in. And obviously, it's a matter of managing money for over a period of 10 years, and then we'll see the, the benefits that, that come from from those changes. I think the real real challenge right now for us, and it's not really a challenge for me, it's very exciting. We've talked a lot about building and bringing economic development to the city of Riverside. And one of the things that I've talked about this the first time, you know, in the primary, and what, I'm, uh, what I've been talking about now is utilizing our medical facilities uh, as, um, as ways to bring in more economic development through the way, through the, um, through the uh, 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 idea of a of a um, medical strategic plan, and a medical strategic plan would really involve not only the city of Riverside, but I would invite others outside of the city to join us. So when you think about this, we have a great hospital with Kaiser Permanente, mm-hmm. Riverside Community Hospital. We have an outstanding medical school, which is just starting out here at UCR. It's been on for about four or five years already. Then we have Riverside uh, University Health, uh, Health out in uh, Moreno Valley. And then we have a fantastic, just a fantastic hospital in Loma Linda University in San Bernardino County. Right. Then you have Arrowhead. And you have a variety of these medical experts. I mean, these guys, these guys are, 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 you know, know the field. You bring those medical experts together. And you develop a, a strategic plan on how you're going to increase and uh, improve our services here. Let me give you an example. If you need to go to a children's hospital, you have to go to Orange County, maybe San Diego, or to L.A. to have a children's hospital. The Inland Empire is big enough to have one. We should be able to develop a children's hospital here in the Inland Empire so our children or families don't have to travel to Orange County. Um, you know, uh, respiratory pulmonary uh, clinics and specialists, uh, cardiology are areas that we sometimes have to go to LA, Orange County, or San Diego for a little bit more specialized help. We should be able to have those experts here. 
And when you bring medical experts like that and those levels, you're going to increase the opportunity for, for those higher paying jobs. You're also going to bring in the opportunity for medical uh, occupations that are connected with doctors and hospitals. And then you bring in technology and the pharmaceuticals. All that will come together along with those specialty, specialty services. So I, I think we need to think beyond our, our borders and, uh, and communicate with the surrounding cities and the surrounding hospitals to make this strategic plan work. And I think, I think we can do it. Uh, the other is that, you know, we, 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 the Riverside by itself is the, uh, unfortunately, the court capital of the Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and not unfortunately, but uh, in a good way, uh, uh, we have every court system. Uh, we have the federal courts, the state courts, and the, and the municipal courts, the county courts here in the city of Riverside. So we have every court level in the inland um, for um, for Riverside here in River here for the inland empire here in Riverside. So I think we can, and we don't have a law school. Do you believe that? If you're in Riverside, an ABA law school, wow. you have to go outside of the county, and almost out of the county of San Bernardino. Maybe Laverne has maybe a satellite that connects to San Bernardino County, but that would be the closest one. You have a choice of one. We should be able to find one here in Riverside connected with our local universities, whether it be UCR or Cal Baptist right. or, um, or, or La Sierra University and, or, or have a private school here where individuals would be able to benefit from uh, being that we have all these uh, law opportunities. And, and again, when you bring in lawyers, you bring in the higher paying jobs, but you also have those ancillary services that support those lawyers in a variety of ways. Exactly, exactly. And I just think it's so important when someone's thinking, who am I going to vote for for mayor? To see someone who thinks out the issue, see someone who sees potential and is really a visionary. And the most important thing you could do is say, what is someone's track record? And we could see with you, whether it's in the private sector, whether it's in the city council, whether it's with youth organizations, whether it's with small businesses, all these things, you have a demonstrated track record of what you've done and so what you'll continue doing. So I know you have completely, you have my support for your race for mayor of Riverside. When is that race and how can people get involved? Well, you know, with, with any race, you can always call me. You can always call my number and we'll connect you with the right people. 951-203-6678. Uh, if you want to participate in an exciting, um, exciting uh, campaign, we, we are we are here. The um, you know obviously the ballots are going to be received this week. They were sent out I think last part of last week, so we should start receiving them this week. Uh, we're excited about our chances here. We I'm excited. Uh, this is really an exciting time for me. And I, I tell people I said you know when I look back on my life, I thought you know growing up in Casablanca, uh, you know, and I thought you know who would have ever thought? I, I not me. I mean, who would have ever thought this kid from Casablanca? would have this opportunity to be mayor of a city. I mean, to me, just the thought is overwhelming to me. And it really fills me with a sense of, sense of pride of, you know, just growing up here in Riverside and all the people that I know here in Riverside that have helped me, that has helped me get here. I mean, you don't do this by yourself. You work hard, but you need the support of a lot of people. And, and you know, uh, they, they have been so, just so generous to me. And uh, I, I'm just very excited about this opportunity. You know, when you when you grow up in an area like that, um, prior to civil liberties, you know, yeah. you know and, and, and there's a lot of people there that cheering you on and supporting you and giving you that moral and, and providing you that confidence. It, it, it's the world. 
It really is the world. And, and um, you know, I think when I look at our East Side community, the community I represent, I want to do the same thing for those children. Um, that's why we, we changed and try to improve the quality of life there. I think everybody needs the, the opportunity and the, and the support to overcome those obstacles to be successful. And then just not on the East Side, but everybody. Whether I, I'm speaking at elementary schools, uh, you know, in uh, Castleview Elementary School or Highland or any of the others, you encourage the students. You, you make them feel good about what their strengths are and, and uh, encourage that they continue developing their skills in a variety of ways. So I, I, I'm just excited about this opportunity and excited for the city of Riverside. Well, this is, you're absolutely right on what you've said. And it really is about tomorrow. It's not just about today, but it's about building forward and building up our youth, building up our children and taking Riverside that much farther. And so mm-hmm. you, there's less than a month to go until this mayor's race. And so that's November 3rd. I want everybody to get out and vote. And I know that I completely support Andy Melendrez for mayor of that race. And Andy, I want to thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you, Josh. Thank you for having me. It's good talking talking with you. Great, great. Thank you. All right. All right. You take care. Have a wonderful day. You too. Well, I want to th- again thank Andy Melendrez for coming on. Uh, such a great person. And I know he's going to do great things for the city of Riverside. And so go out ahead and vote on November 3rd. And I also want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Um, this is our first episode. And if you tune in each week, we'll have a new episode for you. And we're going to delve into everything, like we said, from politics to news to current events. There's going to be something for everyone. And so stay tuned. And every week, wherever you get your podcast from, go ahead and you'll see the Joshua Nima show there. Thank you again for listening and live long and prosper.